Looking for another day Just to try and get away It's a holiday It's a holiday It's a holiday Adjacent Adjacent Testing, testing One poo pee One poo pee poo Guys, it's May 11th 5-11 A.K.A. Six foot day for uh, all those six footers out there in their profiles dating wise. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, it's just unfortunately that's some sort of standard you're trying to be held up to these days. I, I feel for you, you know, but honestly, you're above average. 5'11, that's great. Uh, I'm sure there's some 5'9ers, 5'8ers out there. So, anyways, uh, yeah, national, uh, 5'11", a.k.a. 6-footer day. No, we should make that a day, though. That'd be kind of cool. I'm, I'm here for it. Anyways, welcome back, my little adjacenters. My little sweet, sweet adjacenters. Uh, my holiday-aholics. Chasers of the holiday high. Gotta get that fix. Give me that fix. I need those holidays, man. I just needed one more day off to get me to the next day off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, guess what I found out? It's really, really really easy to register a national day um just visit national day archive or national day calendar.com calendar.com is uh is backed up and is only accepting applications from companies and organizations at this time but you could always create an llc or you know an s corp and just trick them stick it to the man stick it to the man speaking of man What's the deal with idioms and colloquialisms? You know, man's little sweet phrases. Not to let the cat out the bag. And hopefully that isn't what she said. But I'm gonna go drain the lizard. Drain the fucking lizard. Not python, not snake. Leave it to an Aussie, right? Leave it to an Aussie. Uh, uh, apparently this saying hails from down under and was made famous by Barry Humphreys a cartoonist in the 1960s down under did Barry like, did he have a scaly dick? Did, did he not believe in lotion? Did he not lotion when he was, you know what I mean? Uh, an oil, some lubricant, Barry, come on, dude. Like I pray he wasn't referring to those lizards who like shoot blood out of their eyes. Cause he, that's a condition he needs to get checked. If he's still with us, I hope so. Um, you know, if not, if anyone else out there has a lizard dick, go see a physician if it's specifically the one that spits blood out of its eyes. Um, but anyways, like I looked it up and there isn't a lizard that looks like a dick, but not that I could find. And, and, and then there isn't a, a, a dick that, you know, looks like a lizard. I didn't look that up either, but, uh, <laughs> um, there is a meme with a snake that has its mouth open and, and that kind of looks like a vagina and a penis. And then there is an actual penis snake that was discovered near the mouth of the Amazon and the, uh, Madeira tributary penis snake near the mouth of the Amazon. Don't Google that either. <laughs> You will, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're doing your thing out there. You've got all sorts of stuff coming up on, uh, on your search and your search history. Right. Anyways, uh, penis snake, like it could honestly be a hoax. 
like a long con for someone who who just doesn't want to be discovered. Someone who just wants to put their penis on the internet uh, without getting caught. <laughs> a husband, right? Who needs a uh, he needs a cover and a backstory so that uh, if his wife ever sees his penis online, because or, or partner, man, they whoever, whoever, if they see this person's penis online they're gonna they, they can spot it so uh, there's an liability babe 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 science that's not me oh my dick's just for you honey you know that okay you're you're my little honey pot this dick's sweet for you you know that uh i think it would hold up in a marital court Speaking of dicks, it's National Eat What You Want Day. Eat a dick. Another idiom. Hmm? No, no. But speaking of dicks, it's um, it's World Ego Awareness Day. Has your ego been checked? Have you checked your ego lately? Have you checked someone else's ego? A lot of self-gratifying lately. A bit too much of the... Billy Squire stroking and uh, everybody wants somebody. And sometimes you do got to like get high on your own supply. You got to throw on a breathing apparatus and go full Bane mode with your own farts. Uh, the greats all have, have have the ego. The greats all do the goats, but they back that bitch up with unreal dedication uh, a healthy dose of ego can be a great thing. See John Morant. Quoted fine in the West. Technically not incorrect. Um, if you've ever been asked, how do I look? Only to response, fine. I, I don't need to fill in the blanks for you. Uh, you know what fine means. John the Grizz were fine. And that's why the Lakers sent their asses fishing. Huh? You know, bottom a little ticket to Cancun, Cabo, frequent flyer miles. Like they're traveling all season. It ain't no thing. Um, a D A R and a man nicknamed King packed their bags. Uh, healthy ego, reality based ego. It could be a great thing. And the sense of ego awareness is located in the areas called the interior cingulate cortex, ACC, and fronto-insular cortex, FIC, a small part inside the frontal portion of the brain. Eastern practices and Western self-help or self-betterment have stereotypically been thought to strive toward egolessness, destroying the ego, um, surrendering essentially to the moment the present. They say the the ego lives in the future and the past. Yet yet the Buddha defines a wise person as one who knows the difference between what are and what are not his personal responsibilities. One who takes on only his own responsibilities, not those of others. This is the first principle in any ego functioning. Then there's the famous verse 290 of the Dhammapada. If by forsaking a limited ease, he would see an abundance of ease, 
the enlightened person would forsake the limited ease for the sake of the abundant. Maybe rewind that and just play that again because it is a lot. But uh, this is practically a definition of how ego functions operate well. This doesn't sound like the mind warrior hold up, manifesting, breathing, and and releasing to a psychotic extent for hours or days or whatever. It seems realistic and achievable, right? Because that that takes thought, that takes effort, uh, it takes acknowledgement, awareness. In the West, don't even get me started on ceremonial seekings or how many times what was once a medicinal healing practice has essentially just turned into a drug dealing newsletter <laughs> or or the realization that uh, a yoni crystal healing experience was actually you just paying to get sexually assaulted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, these are these are examples of you know people in the practice who preach ego death, uh, yet they're exerting theirs to surrender yours. Uh, had you had a healthy ego, you might have called them out on their bullshit, right? Like, yet the ego death cycle might say this is just a second act. I'm definitely not encouraging anyone to put themselves in harm's way, but, you know, for theory's sake, like in the cycle, it's the surrender that transforms you into your next act of becoming the hero who enriches the world. And and it isn't far off. Uh, how many rags to riches or uh, destitute to destiny stories have we heard or watched in awe? For me, and this is a very specific example, I find the hero cycle can be repetitive. Uh, is it just a hero saving themselves by saving others? Rock bottom that becomes redemption. In a fucked up way, I often wonder if people performatively bottom out at times to create a narrative in the eye of the public, uh, especially on social media, to then become these marketable self-help gurus. That's technically, okay, circling back onto 290, that's forsaking a limited ease to see an abundance of ease. The only thing missing uh, from this situation is the enlightened person, in my opinion. Sure, they've forsaked the limited ease for the sake of the abundant, but there is no truth. Like children and fools tell the truth. What is true will be known. The truth will set you free. Idioms. We've all got our ego-enforced idioms of truth in a world that seems to reward those with the biggest egos. Um, Right now, I think we we can think of a lot of different examples and situations a world with a rapidly shifting narrative on like what is actually the truth. And it's so hard to find um, any one or things lacking in truth, especially universal truths will find themselves in an identity crisis. 
whether that's personal, societal, spiritual. It's a phrase coined by a German-American psychologist and psychoanalyst, Eric Erickson. Eric Erickson. Sounds like a Viking. It is Germanic, though. Um, but according to Erickson, Eric Erickson, an individual no, develops his or her identity through a sequence of eight stages that define the life cycle. One, trust versus mistrust. Autonomy versus shame and doubt. Initiative versus guilt. Industry versus inferiority. Identity versus role confusion. Intimacy versus isolation. Generativity versus stagnation. And ego integrity versus despair. Whatever truth you're searching for, know that it begins there. And start being honest. Start being honest. Like if it's going to, even if it's, going to hurt in that moment. You know, there's all sorts of situations like honesty doesn't always feel like a great thing, really. Um, But yeah, whether it's ancient, holistic, modern, Eastern, Western, social, political, or business practices, uh, just honesty. Like Erickson, I like to think he's the nice Freud. Like, go beyond childhood analysis grow not those simple freudian formative years but speaking of childhood it's national hostess cupcake day Ooh, that's so good <laughs> any former or current garbage eaters out there celebrating will you keep it traditional with the chocolate or are you going to take on the secondary flavor the orange, or or have you somehow been able to get your hands on the chocolate orange topped with sprinkles Halloween vibed out goddess of goodies guzzling flavor that is my favorite. But no one's whatever. Anyways, um, simple, cheap, and suicidal packaged perfection. A dopamine rush. The surprise cream filling. Simpler times. Um, I was introduced to these by my grandfather. Uh, he loved them. Loved them. I mean, loved most hostess things, honestly. But but the dude, um, he fucking passed his sweet tooth on to me. Whether that was genetics, epigenetics, nature, nurture. Who gives a shit? Green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? I have fond memories of hanging out, going through the newspaper, checking the spread, placing some sports bets while we just kind of hung out and enjoyed Hostess cupcakes and glasses full of milk. That's um that's a, that's like a, not a bad commercial. <laughs> some good some good old days shit right there that I think any anyone could probably get down with honestly. Like um Hostess just opens on a cute, ethnically ambiguous kid sneaking over to the pantry cabinet. Grandpa catches him. He's, he looks upset. You think he's in trouble, but it's 
Because, you know, it's too damn early to be having dessert. They've got their PJs on, the lights. Obviously, this is morning time. But Grandpa's retired. His expression quickly shifts. He doesn't give a fuck. Behind his back are two glasses of milk. He knew what you were doing. The kid plops down on the ottoman. Grandpa plops down in his favorite chair right there where he puts up his feet. Rifles through the crack of the cushion, you know, trying to find a pen and the paper. Um, and next, each one of them is holding an end of the newspaper in one hand and the cupcake in the other as they go through the sports section. Final shot, hero shot of the product on top of the paper with their selections, wagers marked amongst a bunch of crumbs on the paper. That's wholesome. That's wholesome family badassery right there. DraftKings would, would DraftKings would easily run that on their platform on the site. You know, just little little kind of headers, footers with the ad. Oh, will you click this, subscribe to our newsletter? Can we get your cookies? No. No, no, no. I want to watch this. I will watch this sweet hostess ad though because it's just too damn good. You know, also pop up on crack streams, whatever. God, we have so many options today. But back in the day, back in the day, May 11th, 1999, the catalyst to the roaring 20s, the first cupcake was sold. Not, not definitely not the catalyst. I mean, maybe, I don't know. People are probably feeling good. Yeah, again, dopamine rush. So they're just dancing around. I don't know why. I just see fringe dancing little stupid hats, roaring 20s. But anyways, for just five cents, a nickel, the equivalent of $1.83 today, and you could get one of these bad boys. Uh, the original flavors were a malt or vanilla frosting, and orange was not introduced until 1940. We weren't even thinking about that. I wonder if this the in the 40s it was like actually good ingredients for the orange. That, Hopefully, definitely not now. Like that's, uh, but and then in the 1950s, they added the squiggle lines and cream to the center under codename Cum Cupcake User Modification. Before they didn't want it to leak out. Um, <laughs> I made that up. It was it was lazy and immature. Uh, I would like to apologize anyone on the other end uh, who had to hear that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I'm better than that. Um, come actually stood for no, no, uh, completely made that up. Dad jokes. I got to prep those dad jokes completely. Uh, anyways, at their peak in 2011, they sold 600 million cupcakes in one year, 2011, which is surprising because the company filed bankruptcy in 2012. <laughs> oh my God. How does that even happen? Thankfully, I say that out of nostalgia, they were purchased by Apollo Global. And the hostess empire, swollen ankles, irregular patterned heartbeats and all, continues to march on in the fever dreams of a diabetic coma. Occasionally muttering facts from bed, like, first commercially packaged cupcakes amelia simmons invented the cupcake 
<sighs> just like little puppy dreams, you know? And um and and use use the hashtag hostess cupcake day, whatever the fuck you like post today, and then just put a little link um with a holiday adjacent there. Story, whatever it is, you know? What the fuck? That's that's so nice. Ho- ho- hostess, wow, you you shouldn't have. Hostess Cupcake, Apollo Global. Mm. Monopolized motherfuckers. I I guess I guess I could put aside my ego and say I'm honored you'd encourage that for me. Oh my god. Internally I'm compromised. Am I being true to myself? Why can't I have a little taste of the glory, huh? Can I fly straight into the orange-glazed hostess cupcake-shaped sun and, alas, I am no hero. It's a cruel twist of fate. It's National Twilight Zone Day. Here I am, compromised in my own storyline, staring into the abyss, ready for my redemption. You are about to enter another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land of imagination. The song Twilight Zone by Golden Earring plays in the background. Weird, that's not the song. I wake up to the sound of a buzzsaw. What the fuck is going on? Was I in the diabetic fever dream? Is this a dream? That story fall was insane, brother. But but I had a life. I was married and expecting a child. The fuck you talking about, Cheyenne? You fell. We were just about to call the ambulance, but uh, Clint gave you mouth to mouth. Halitosis Clint with the herpes flare? No! And here, I'm back in front of the microphone. My home or... I walk to the mirror. There's a herpes flare on my lip. What the fuck? Worthy walks in through the door. I'm home. How do I explain this? You are about to enter another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Twilight Zone. Oh, that explains it. Wow. Double double Twilight Zone twist. That's insane. Um 1959's 85's and recently rebooted Twilight Zone, which I'm not sure how the most recent one did, but yes, yeah, sci-fi hit. Sci-fi hit. Thank you, Rod Sterling, uh creator and narrator for this wondrous anxiety and existence uh questioning disturbing show voted scariest episode though some say it's the howling man is uh episode 11 and when the sky was opened the episode concerns three astronauts colonel ed harrington and clegg forbes and major william gart who are erased from existence after making the first manned flight into space. In the short story, the protagonist, Bob, 
is a largely unsuccessful writer and attempts just marriage to a woman named Mary. When he tries to call his mistress Jean Lane, he can find no proof of her existence. Over the course of the next week, everyone in his life ceases to exist until he eventually suffers the same fate. Most controversial, The Encounter, episode 151. Wow. Of the American television series, The Twilight Zone. First broadcast on May 1st, 1964. Its racial overtones caused it to be withheld from syndication in the United States until 2004. Rod's personal favorite, episode eight, Time Enough at Last. Adapted from a short story, the episode tells the tragic tale of a myopic bank teller with a love for literature who falls victim to a classic twist ending. Here are two quotes of Sterling's I like quite much. Fantasy is the impossible made probable. Science fiction is the improbable made possible. If you want to prove that God is not dead, first prove that man is alive. Those are pretty good. Fun fact, Sterling was the only person who could use the word God in the Twilight Zone scripts. Have a great day out there. If you find yourself lost somewhere between God and the ever-growing sci-fi landscape that just seems to be reality at this point, uh, because shit, I know I know I do. Woo! Um, yeah. Jokes, half truth. Truth. See a friend, make a friend. Go somewhere you can just like be around people doing people shit and just join them. You know, whether it's uh, whether it's at arm's length or arm in arm, you don't know where you're going to end up. But just seeing some normalcy around you, never a bad idea. Love you, HAs. Thank you so much. I'll um, I'll see you on the next one. Looking for another day. Just to get away, it's a holiday adjacent.